welcome to another episode of Sailor Snacking, a podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon and have a yummy snack. So I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hello, Tracy. listeners. <laughs> and Tracy, do you want to tell us a bit about this week's snack? Yes, so this week's snack, we're going with um, the Nissan brand cup noodles, um, because they are, I associate them most with Sailor Moon, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we have a new special guest, Brooke. So thanks for joining us, Brooke. You are so welcome. Hello, everybody. Uh, and can you tell us a bit about your past with Sailor Moon? Okay, so my past is a little bit strange. <laughs> um, it started way back in the 90s as a child. Uh, there were basically no red-haired dolls anywhere. Like, you might find one red-headed Barbie if you were lucky in a big city. And yet, one day, I stumbled across a Sailor Jupiter doll. Now... I had no idea what Sailor Moon was. I just knew that it was a red-haired doll, and I was like, finally! <laughs> so, yes, I bought it, and it became one of my little redhead dolls, and then I decided to finally look into what in the heck Sailor Moon was. Uh, I finally was able to... So, again, I lived out in the boondocks in the middle of nowhere. I still don't know why I was able to find a Sailor Moon doll in retrospect, um, and then one day I was able to find the show on satellite because that's how far out we were. We did not have cable. Um, and I watched about five minutes of it. I had no idea what was going on, what was happening or why people liked it. And then never watched it again until this week. Oh dear. <laughs> Do you know what episode you watched? Uh, the one with the clocks and then the one with the bus. Oh, those are the ones you watched back then? Oh, no, but not back then. I, like, oh. I could not tell you what was going on because I truly had no clue. <laughs> I was like, who are these people? What's going on? Why are they so dramatic about everything? Yeah. So That's really you, funny. <laughs> did you have a similar reaction watching these two episodes now? Uh, in all honesty, yeah, a little bit. It kind of reminded me of what happened when I rewatched uh, an episode of Power Rangers as an adult. I was like, I can see why a kid would like this, but I don't. Mm. You know how you watch stuff from your youth that you were like so totally into and you watch it as an adult and you're like, I was on crack. Oh, yeah. I rewatched the original She-Ra like a couple episodes, and I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah. But I was yeah. like obsessed with Shira as a child. And it's just. I find it really bad. interesting because I think I relate more with like Queen Beryl and Jedi now as an adult. Uh, <laughs> especially like at the beginning of every episode when they're like talking about how to capture energy from young people. And they put in a lot of really funny jokes. Um, yeah. Like talking, like in the uh, first episode we'll talk about today, they talk about like time and how like people expend a lot of energy when they're under stress. Um, yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's very true, right? And uh, I'm on more understanding of them, not their goals per se, but like their jokes are a bit funnier. Yeah, I wonder if they threw those in for like any adults who happen to be watching this with their children. 
because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, man, this is the plot that I would be sucked into is the anxious energy plot. <laughs> to be fair. Sure. So I did like that first episode more than the bust episode. There was just something about that that spoke to me with the clocks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's introduce our first episode. So today we are going to be talking about episodes nine and ten. So we'll start with episode nine, which is called Usagi's Disaster. Beware of the Clock of Confusion. Uh, and this aired in North America in 1995. Uh, and it was called Time Bomb, which is not a great name. But none of the Deke names are really that great. <laughs> I feel um, like any time after 2001, you couldn't call anything on TV bomb. No. <laughs> yeah. So in the U.S., this is actually episode uh, six, but episode nine for the Japanese uh, run, which is what we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, pretty much the only complete episode with Sailor Moon, just Sailor Moon and just Sailor Mercury. Uh, the last episode where Sailor Mercury appeared I mean, she was only Sailor Mercury at the end, so... But this is the only episode where it's just Sailor Moon and just Sailor Mercury, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, so the summary of this is uh, basically, uh, as we were talking about a second ago, Jedite and Beryl decide to go after anxious energy, anxiety energy. And uh, they do that by uh, <laughs> making everybody hyper-focused on time, which, again, is something I can super relate to. Um, and... Uh, Usagi ends up getting one of the cursed clocks. And uh, I think it's really funny throughout this whole episode, seeing her being so like energetic and angry and frustrated. Uh, what did you guys think about this episode, Tracy? Um, yeah, it's really interesting to see Usagi all rushed and um, ready to go places and do things. Cause that's totally not her character. It's mm -hmm. hilarious when she leaves her home so early in the morning that when Ami-chan comes to pick her up, she's already gone. And yeah. everyone it's thinks it's so, yeah, it's so <laughs> strange. <laughs> and like every episode so far, she's been late for school or almost late for school. Yeah. It makes you think that, you know, if you're shopping in the Juban district and you see a place that has 50 to 70% off, it's a trap. Don't go in. <laughs> Most definitely. They they should know. Uh, so, Brooke, what did you think about this episode? Just overall opinions or thoughts? Uh, weirdly enough, it made me think a lot about uh, several different alternative energy projects going on right now, where they are literally <laughs> trying to do this. Uh, so that's all I kept thinking about was, oh, my gosh, people have been obsessing about this for like 20 years now. Um, but now we're actually getting close to, you know, making it happen with the little fidget toys that can, you know, work as batteries once you've played with them enough kind of thing. Oh, they have those? Uh, there were a couple that were made for, uh, an experiment to see if it would work. Oh, cool. and it does apparently. I mean, uh -huh. it's, it's essentially the same thing as like a, a generator in a dam. Again, yeah. like the water turning the turbine. It's just, you're doing it yourself. Yeah. That's interesting. I've what? <laughs> people are actually trying to capitalize on people's anxiety? No. They're not doing it that way, but they <laughs> they are doing it. <laughs> well, maybe their, their plot is uh, they're trying to capture energy for their supreme ruler. Um. 
actually, the the <laughs> big one that I read about was this young girl who had did it as a science project to help create batteries in places without access to power. So See, not that, quite so evil. That's good. That's a noble reason to do it. Mm-hmm. That I mean, is I, a noble reason to do it, but you know that someone's going to try to capitalize on that. Oh, of course. Oh, well, that's life these days. Yeah. I always joke with my sister that uh, since my nephew is just a bundle of energy and it's not anxious. Well, I guess it's kind of anxious energy, but I always joke that if she just put a giant hamster wheel on the side of her house and put him in there, she could power, she could go off the grid. Um, (laughs) And he probably wouldn't get tired. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of makes me think of my cats. Yeah. My cats are far too lazy for that. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. There was a couple Why of not? other. <laughs> That's good. Uh, there was a couple of other like uh, firsts that came out of this episode. So this is the first time we see Amy's uh, or Ami's supercomputer, uh, her little handheld device. And uh, later on in the episode, uh, you can see the screen. And I thought this was a fun bit of trivia. On it, it says one: serve the public trust; two: protect the innocent; three: uphold the law. Do you know where that's from? <laughs> No? no, it's from RoboCop. Those are RoboCop's oh, directives, prime directives. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty that's sure later, later on in the show, there's another funny thing like that where you look at her screen and it says something in English. And I guess they were just trying to find some random English words. Uh, but if you know English, you can figure out where it's from. But yeah, so <laughs> she's got RoboCop's prime directives on her screen while she's scanning for the right way to get to the monster. <laughs> I didn't even look at the screen because like to me I thought that the characters were all like alien characters but I didn't really look yeah yeah me either (laughs) it's got a little bit of English on it that's later on in the episode where they're already in the clock and they're trying to figure out their way through it Uh, when she first gets it there's you don't I don't think you see the screen um yeah mostly for this episode I thought that there was a lot of funny lines so I liked it when Usagi was on the bus that crashed and she comes out and she's like, what were you thinking? <laughs> and in her, when she's uh, confronting the monster and in her little speech, she says, I bet even the cuckoo and the cuckoo clocks are angry. <laughs> uh, did you guys have any favorite moments of this episode? Uh, are we not really? I really Sorry. like the beginning. Where, like, you start to see that friendship kind of forming between Ami and Usagi, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. Um, like, when they swap books in the bookstore, and, <laughs> like, Usagi has no idea what Ami's reading. And then Ami's like, it's all manga. Like, don't you read any books? <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah, that was a cute section. I like that they are like, we're going to window shop until we drop. Which reminded me a lot of me in high school, because that's having no money. That's what I used to do, too. <laughs> uh, did you think that the clock that Usagi ended up with looked like Luna? Yeah, totally. Because Luna's like, I don't know, looking kind of angry all the time at Usagi. So <laughs> I think it it resembles her very well. A nice little glare. <laughs> yeah. Like, shouldn't you be doing your homework and eating healthy? <laughs> Aw, I felt bad for Luna in this episode. 
I feel like she got ignored a lot and, you know, she was like trying to work things out and everybody was just like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and then she runs headfirst into the, the doorway, which Sailor Moon knocks open with her moon tiara, which is really funny. It's like, how do we get in? Yeah, she's very decisive in this episode, which is so unlike her. She's like, we're just going to do it. Yeah, it's that frustrated, anxious energy she's got going. I'm trying to see this. So there's not really any other kind of like trivia bits for this episode. Um, apparently, according to SailorMoon.Fandom.com, there's also when Usagi's on the bus, a Minako lookalike can be seen, but I don't remember that part i don't i didn't see that so that's what it says on the website Mm. um what did you guys think about the monster in this one i really thought that her aim was shit Mm. (laughs) like for like that's in my notes like she has an axe and she like goes to chop at usagi who can't move and all she does is scratch her face like and then she, like, tries to attack Usagi with jabs. And she's able to avoid every single one, even though she has no energy. So I'm going to say maybe she should practice her aim before going out into the field. <laughs> Brooke, well, what did you think about okay. it? So I, I kind of went another way. Again, I, I had no background information. So as I watched this, I probably got a bunch of different things than you guys. But my thought was that since the monster was kind of like founded with that nervous, anxious energy, it just went to show that just because you're nervous and go, go, go doesn't mean you're doing things correctly. Oh, there you go. That was kind of my thoughts. Oh. Sorry, I went a little philosophical. Oh, that's okay. But you're a genius. That's awesome. (laughs) Any other philosophical thoughts that came to you while you were watching this episode? No, those were pretty much it. The, you know, actual (laughs) research they're doing into anxious energy, into power energy. And then, you know, when you're anxious and stuff, as a general rule, you don't actually perform well. Yeah, that's true. I, again, relate to that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also thought it was really funny that uh, Tuxedo Max shows up and he's like, is this the right place? There's nobody here. Yeah, that just seemed really weird and out of character for him. And had no point to the plot whatsoever. Well, other than he had to break the clock so that they could be freed from the energy. I guess. But it was weird that he had to be like, am I even in the right place? (laughs) I think they did that just for comedy. Um, So does he throw roses often? Yeah, that's his only attack. That's all he does. Yeah. 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 So... Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon is kind of like, he he's he's just kind of there to help her out of tough spots. He doesn't really do much other than show up, throw a rose and go, you've got this Sailor Moon and then disappears. Oh, like, like that's how he so does sad. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad, but then not, right? Because she's the real hero in the end. He's just yeah. kind of like her cheerleader. I yeah. get it, yeah. I think the the main idea is that they're trying to make sure that Usagi is still the focus and the hero. And Tuxedo Mask is just there when she's in a tight spot. 
Um, and there was a run of episodes we had earlier where he didn't even show up. We were like, oh, right, we forgot about Tuxedo Mask. Uh, yeah, any other thoughts about this episode? No, let's get on to the snack. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> All right, everybody. So it's time for our snack break, and we're going to throw it back to our past selves, because we already ate the snack, to talk about the snack. So take it away, past us. So thanks, future us. Uh, so today we are having a delicious snack. Uh, Tracy, do you want to tell us a bit about it? Yep, so um, I went with the original cup noodles, um, only because there's a really amazing cup noodles commercial in Japan where they people eat the cup noodles and then they magically transform into noodle sailor senshi. Um, <laughs> and it's amazing. Uh, so we'll post that on the social media in case you haven't seen it yet. It's so amazing. I hope we transform when we eat these noodles. I hope so, too. I also think it would be really, really fun if we did a cosplay of the noodle senshi <laughs> to wear somewhere <laughs> with the big shrimp yes. in our hair. That would be it's fun. It's, like, very obscure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the directions for it I thought were really interesting because uh, step one is go for it. Boil water in a separate container. Fold back lid and add boiling water to fill line. Uh, step two is hang on. Close lid and let stand for three minutes. And then step three is slurp away. Stir and enjoy. I thought slurping was rude. I think probably not in Japan. <laughs> not yeah. in Japan. Slurping's okay. There are a so. lot of noodles in this. It's very noodly. Which I like because I usually eat my soup like this with a fork because I'm not a big fan of the broth. Usually I find it too salty. Way too salty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you right. eating with... Are you eating with a spoon, Tracy, or with a fork? With a fork. Yes. I like it when the um, noodles absorb a lot of the broth. How about you, Brooke? How are you eating your well, soup? Uh, so just eating it with a fork and wishing that it were my super overcooked ramen. <laughs> Again, it was not my idea to do this. So when I first <laughs> encountered ramen, uh, my older cousin used to make it that way she'd boil it in a pot and she'd overboil it and then just serve up the noodles and leave the broth in the pot and so that became how I ate ramen and I didn't even realize that other people ate it differently <laughs> hmm. that's a neat way to eat it though mm. it's so good all right I'm gonna try it oh it's hot yeah it's mm. pretty hot so like when I was a kid I used to make the well I wouldn't like my cousin as well, we used to make instant noodles for me, again, in a pot. Mm-hmm. And she would add, like, an egg to it for, like, yes. extra protein. So Ooh. delicious. That's much better. Like, see, my, my experience, like, I mean, I don't remember eating it in high school, but I know in university I ate a fair bit of, like, Mr. Noodles. Um, That's basically what this is. It's just like a Mr. Noodles. Although I like this better than Mr. Noodles. There's more noodles in it, I think. And the noodles are thinner and flatter, yeah. so they, they're a little bit squishier, mm-hmm. which are nice. Yeah, that's that that cup noodle brand has, like, these flat noodles. Whenever I need, like, a self-care day or if I'm, like, feeling sick, my favorite thing to do is make, like, ramen noodles 
and then watch anime. Aww. <laughs> I like bagel bites. Bagel bites are my comfort food. <laughs> I don't know. When I'm sick, I usually go for the standard chicken noodle soup with uh, soda crackers in it. Hmm. Not oyster crackers. I don't think I've had oyster crackers. Dude, try it. Oyster crackers and chicken noodle soup. It's like the best. Mm. Interesting. So how's everyone finding the cup noodles? Mm, it's good. I it's love good. instant noodles. I love noodles. Just in general, I love noodles. Honestly, I don't think I'd trust a person who didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. When we lived in Hamilton, there was this great noodle restaurant. And I think all they basically all they did was noodles. I can't remember what it was called. Um, in downtown? No, it was on... Uh, we lived on the mountain, so it was uh, just off the link. Oh, I can't even remember. This was like more than five years ago. Um, it was... It changed hands a couple of times. It was only a noodle restaurant very briefly, but I used to make... When I was sick, I Brent would go and get me udon from the noodle restaurant. <laughs> it was so sweet. Do you want to know how much I love noodles? <laughs> How much? I import pasta roni from the States. Whoa. You buy the box. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. pasta roni is this like really cheap noodle side dish thing. Uh, <laughs> sort of like the the Noor noodle side dish packets like you get oh, here. Like the sidekicks? Um, oh, okay. Like the sidekicks, yeah. I love sidekicks. Um, <laughs> but... Pastaroni is so much better. Like the the noodles are just better. Um, and there's this one flavor that's called Parmesan, and it's it's like a not quite creamy Alfredo, so it's almost like a slightly healthier Alfredo. And yeah, mm. so I can get it by the crate on eBay. What? Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> so. Well, it's it's so much easier than to because you know it doesn't go bad for like two years. So basically, I just order it once a year and eat it throughout. So you were ready for this apocalypse. I was so ready. Mark was like, "You are prepared." <laughs> All right. Well, those were our that was our snack of cup of noodles. So I guess back to you, future us. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Past us. Um, now we're back for the second episode. So the second episode we watched, episode ten, is the cursed bus. Enter Mars, guardian of fire. And uh, this was a very interesting episode. I think I probably would have liked to have more episodes of just Moon and Mercury, but I can understand why they needed to add a third person in sooner rather than later for the dynamic. So this is the episode where there's a cursed bus. Uh, and people who are taking this bus are disappearing near the shrine where Rey, Sailor Mars, is working as or lives as a shrine maiden. And so Usagi and Amy a little bit are investigating both Rey and the uh, the disappearing bus to find out what's happening to all these people. Because apparently the police and all of the people who go to the shrine are accusing Rey and her grandfather of abducting all of these people. So I thought it was kind of interesting that they're kind of tying into... Uh, the real life criminal structure, I suppose. Like, hey, the police are actually doing something in this episode. Not like all the other times where people just pass out for no reason. Uh, and of course, we have the first appearance of Sailor Mars. 
Uh, so, Tracy, what thoughts did you have about this episode? Uh, I think this is the first episode where they also really start talking about this legendary silver crystal. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, we don't really see anything about the silver crystal, but that becomes like such an important part of uh, future episodes from this point, I think. And um, so it's good that they kind of introduce it. And then it becomes more, like for the bad guys, it becomes more than just collecting energy, but they're also looking for the silver crystal. So when I was watching this episode, (laughs) I kind of had my own dialogue going. So Beryl is saying, so have you found the silver crystal? And I was picturing Jedi going, what? Silver crystal? You just told me to get energy. This is the first time I've heard you mention the silver crystal. Because it is. Like, she never mentioned it before, 10 episodes in, and finally they're talking about the Silver Crystal. Uh, yeah, so what is it? We don't know yet. <laughs> oh, we don't know yet. Okay. Uh, basically, the Silver Crystal, we'll find out later, is the trigger for summoning the Moon Princess, which is what the what Sailor Moon and Luna are trying to do, is find the Moon Princess. But nobody knows who the moon princess is. But it's also like, because there's a, a theme of sparkly trinkets in this show. It's of all about collecting these sparkly trinkets. So um, it kind of like fits into that. Yeah, I like sparkly yeah. trinkets. Who doesn't, honestly? So what, how, what else did you think about this episode, Tracy? Um, well, I love it because I am a Sailor Mars fan and I love Ray. She's just so like sure of herself. And uh, like my favorite part in the episode is when she yells at the visitor. So like a visitor comes and <laughs> accuse her, accuses her and her family of like kidnapping people. And she's just like, uh, no, get out of here. Like, I don't have time for you. <laughs> um, and that, you know, I just like, oh, I love it. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me at all? <laughs> because honestly, she, that did speak to me too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she's actually older than the other sailor scouts, but she seems like it. Like she's a little more mature than Ami or Usagi. Yeah, I think she's the same age, but she's definitely more mature. Um, And you see that at the end of the episode where she becomes Sailor Mars for the first time. I was kind of comparing her reaction to Usagi's reaction because they're very similar. Um, But Ray handles it a lot better. So they both go like, oh, my God, a talking cat. Oh, my God, I'm a superpower. I don't know what or a superhero. I don't know what I'm doing. But Ray is just like, oh, okay, let's do it. Whereas Usagi was crying and freaking out and. And also Ray uses her superpower like instinctively. She transforms. No one has to tell her how to do anything, but then she, you know, just goes into soul fire, right? Yeah. Well, Luna tells her how to transform. But other than that, yeah, she instinctively knows her power. And probably you could tie that into her her spiritual sense. That's what I was thinking, that like it was just tied in together and that's why she was handling it so well despite you know, it being the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think she also senses like the energy um, coming off of Usagi because when Usagi first goes to the temple with her friends to like get an amulet to protect them, uh, Ray throws one of her like 
almost like exorcism pieces of paper at her. Like she <laughs> senses something. She knows something is different about Usagi without actually knowing that she's Sailor Moon. Yeah. I think Ray is uh, probably the only, I think she's the only Sailor Senshi who has kind of these strong powers outside of being a Sailor Senshi. Um, the rest of them, they all get their power after they transform, but Ray's kind of got this inherent sense and power that she can use outside of being Sailor Mars, which is very interesting. And I really like. Um, I also found that comparing it to the, the North American translation, like that we saw when we were younger, she's a lot nicer in the, in the, uh, in the Japanese version. Like she's not quite as her tone isn't as harsh. She's not as shrill. She's not calling Usagi names yet. Um, I mean, she's still very forceful and confident and self-assured, but she's not mean, which I liked. Yeah, like, she apologizes really quick after attacking Usagi. Yeah. Um, which I don't remember her being so apologetic. Uh, and, uh, of course, we've got the introduction of Ray's grandfather. Who is like stereotypical creepy old man. <laughs> Which I think it's a pretty standard trope in anime though, isn't it? Having the lecherous old man. Oh yeah, it is a oh, very yeah. standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about this episode, Brooke? Not really. Again, I, I actually did like the one with the clock a little bit better. And I think it's because it made me think a little bit more. Whereas this episode, it's a little bit more entrenched in the lore that I'm not familiar with. And I think that that would have allowed me to see more what you guys are saying, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Again, like the, the previous episode was a bit more of a standalone and this is more integrated into everything. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, oh, I also wanted to talk about, um, so earlier in a, another podcast, we talked about uh, how Usagi transforms into a flight attendant uh, yeah. with the transformation pen. And um, this is the episode where she does it. Yeah. Uh, and it's really interesting because when Luna, Luna asks her, she's like, yeah. why a flight attendant? And she says, it's my sworn duty to see that all passengers have a safe and pleasant trip. <laughs> And this is why I think that, like, this is my prime example, and this is why we mentioned it in other episodes, is why the transformation pen transforms Usagi into the adult version of, of like, the best person she thinks would handle the situation, not necessarily what the best person is. So it goes into the 14-year-old ideal as opposed to the actual, uh, which I love. And I think that it's it's a really nice way to, to spin that transformation pen because she is 14 and doesn't really, she's not exactly worldly, but she knows that flight attendants help passengers. Buses need flight attendants to help the passengers. Uh, and a quick mention about Ray's crows. They don't really show up too, too much in the anime, but uh, she does name them and they are named Phobos and Deimos which are the names of the moons of Mars. And also, in mythology, uh, they were the gods Panic and Fear, which were the sons of Mars. So Phobos is Panic and Deimos is Fear, which I thought was 
know, and in the Disney Hercules, they were called Pain and Panic. Yeah, they were little sidekicks. Yeah, yeah there's a little bit of trivia there. <laughs> they probably couldn't have done fear so much in the Disney Hercules, huh? <laughs> no. Also, you had to kind of make it rhyme, you know, alliteration and everything. Yeah, yeah everybody loves alliteration. <laughs> uh, what else did I have to say about this episode? Oh, uh, when Luna gives uh, Ray the transformation pen, she does it because she thinks that Ray might be the princess. Did you catch that one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But I, it's interesting that she gives her, like, the Mars pen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she knows, but she's not quite sure. I also want to talk about, like, how do, like, we didn't see Tuxedo Mask, and then suddenly he's driving the bus. Yep. Like, he didn't even get to throw a rose this episode. <laughs> no, he his only purpose in this episode was that he is old enough to drive. <laughs> so he drives yes. the bus. <laughs> safety first yeah so this is what we were saying about tuxedo mask just kind of showing up to help out of to help usagi out of tough situations like she can't drive a bus so tuxedo mask appears which <laughs> is weird but i think they also weird. needed you also needed to have sailor mars and i guess they could have done it in a future episode but you needed sailor mars to meet tuxedo mask because there's all there's a that becomes a moment of contention between Moon and Mars going on is that they both develop these serious crushes on Tuxedo Mask. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. So like at the end of the episode, you know, she's like, oh, no, I just wanted to thank him. Aren't you the one with feelings for him? And then she has to like do this little dig at Usagi. She's like, you know, sometimes those feelings are one-sided. And we leave the episode with Usagi crying. And that's like their relationship. It's always like a, there's like this little bit of tension between them. Yeah. And like that's the first time that she's mean to Usagi. Like in this episode. So I'm like, hmm, maybe she is actually mean. She was nicer, but maybe that was because she was they were strangers before. Yeah. <laughs> And I like that she's nice to her as a stranger, right? Because you can't just be, like, going around the world being mean to strangers. That's weird. <laughs> Unless they deserve it. Like that lady. Right. Yes. Uh, so let's see. There wasn't really any interesting trivia on the Sailor Moon wiki. Other than differences between the changes from the manga. Uh, apparently in the manga, this is when... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, it's interesting that the bus is bus 66, and the bus time that it disappears is also 6, which is the, you know, the devil's number, right? 666. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Came up with that one on my own. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh... Yeah, so in the manga, this is when when Taylor Mars appears is also when Nephrite makes his debut, which we don't see Nephrite right for some, quite some time. Um, uh, then there's some other things, but nothing really that affects the anime episode. Apparently, Tuxedo Mask doesn't appear at all in the manga for this part of it. Uh, oh, and in the manga... Usagi and Luna meet Mamoru on the bus, and he tell he's revealed as being in grade eleven at Moto Azu- 
and Zabu High School. So how old are you in grade 11? 16? 17? Yeah, 16. Old enough to have, like, your learner's permit. Yeah. So we were guessing that he was, like, 18. So he's probably, we were close. He's probably about 16, 17. Looks a lot older. Uh, yeah, so do we have any final thoughts about uh, the cursed bus? No, I think that that just about sums it up. Yeah. Ruff, do you have any other final thoughts about either of these two episodes as uh, somebody who's not overly familiar with Sailor Moon? Uh, it's weird. I don't like it, but I could understand why other people do. There you go. Really? Oh, yay. (laughs) At least you can understand. But, you know, don't worry. We won't force you to watch anymore. I just thought it'd be really interesting to have, like, a different opinion on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I can understand why people like it. I just don't really like it myself. But then again, that whole, like, serial, dramatic kind of thing isn't really my style. I think so, I would prefer more, again, more more like the, the first standalone episode where it's a bit more like of a mystery going on as opposed to we're just trying to solve a problem. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that does can, make yeah. sense. It does. Yeah. So rather than watching something with, well, I guess because you're coming in in the middle, but you prefer more of the... Uh, the individual episodes than an overarching one. Yes. Yeah. But then again, that's probably because the overarching ones don't really make any sense. And to yeah. be fair, most manga that I have interacted with does not make any sense to me. <laughs> but hey, if it makes sense to you, right on. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so is there any anime that you do watch, Brooke? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not even a little bit. Again, I, I have tried, and it, like I said, it just, it's almost like, you know, trying to explain why Harry Potter is so awesome to somebody that doesn't like fantasy. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I get exactly where you're coming from. My husband is uh, really big into wrestling and is trying really hard to get me into wrestling, and I just, it's just not my thing. Like it's there's occasionally there's entertaining parts and funny bits, but I mean I really don't want to sit there and watch an entire wrestling match. That's um, exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get it. And you know what? To each their own. Everybody's uh, tastes are different. But I'm uh, I'm glad that you could you agreed to come on and talk about it, even though you didn't really like it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I I love that you love it. About that. There you go. See, that's perfect. That's all we can ask. I feel like, yeah, Brooke understands the idea of like loving a fandom, though. So, oh yeah, yeah. Everybody's got their fandom, even if it's not mine. I think that there needs to be more fandom love in the world because it's all love, even if it's not your fandom, and it makes people happy. It does, especially like right now. So honestly. Goodness gracious, embrace it with both hands. Awesome. That's very well said. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, if we don't have uh, 
anything else to discuss? We're going to, I guess, wrap up a little bit quicker than usual this time. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can find uh, this episode and other episodes on uh, truenorthnerds.com. Um, if you want to talk to us right now, we're still piggybacking off of the truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Uh, you can send emails to us. Um, and you can also find us <clears throat> on our very own Instagram at Sailor Snacking, uh, where we will put pictures of Sailor Moon and the fun foods that we are eating. <laughs> So until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.